Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Today I'm actually going to start with uh, some of the lyrics from the song. That song is from the animated film Prince of Egypt. And uh, the lyrics and the music were written by one of my favorite composers in the musical theater realm, which is Stephen Schwartz, who also wrote Wicked, and he wrote Godspell, and he wrote Pippin, and he, yeah, very prolific composer, lyricist. Um, let's just start with these lyrics. Many nights we've prayed with no proof anyone could hear. In our hearts, a hopeful song we barely understood. Now, we are not afraid, although we know there is much to fear. We were moving mountains long before we could. I was brought up, glasses come off. <laughs> I, was, I was brought up unchurched. And what that means is I was not brought up in a particular religion. I didn't go to church on Sundays growing up. It was just not part of my upbringing. It was not part of my family's uh, paradigm. And I, it is not lost on me that I still felt in my heart that there was a path to deeper understanding that perhaps could be found through a practice of prayer without any proof. So what is... Something we believe without proof, it's called faith, right? And so I think about many nights we've prayed with no proof anyone could hear. There was nothing that I had ever been told that said, oh, if you pray, then somebody's going to hear and somebody's going to bestow blessings upon you, except what I heard from people around me. In our hearts, I love this lyric, in our hearts, a hopeful song we barely understood. In some ways, I think that that is a real deepened understanding of what prayer can be. You know, I'm teaching a prayer class on Thursdays right now, and it's, it's enlightening. I think it's pushing some buttons because we do teach prayer in a very different way than is traditionally taught in terms of the focus of our prayer. How we pray in the New Thought movement is different than how it is understood, prayer is understood in traditional constructions of religion because we do not pray to something outside the self. What we are praying, well, we're not praying to anything. I was going to say what we're praying to, I was going to say, is ourselves. We're not praying to anything, though. So let's take the two out of it and let us deepen into understand and to perhaps an understanding that as we pray, it is not even a hopeful song, but a faithful song that it is a prayer of understanding as this divine presence and power, that we are praying as God, not to God. That's a challenge for some people because there is great comfort in feeling like there is a God out there that has your back, right? And then you come into a New Thought church and we're like, there is no God out there. Ah, what do I do? But God was supposed to take care of me, right? Anyone challenged by that? You don't have to raise your hand or anything. <laughs> 
But what it leads me to is realizing that the power for changing my life is here. It's not rooted out there. And so there is nothing to fear. Even though I can look out there, as the lyric says, now we are not afraid, although we know there's much to fear. We can look out there and go, oh my gosh, there's so much to fear. But fundamental to the teaching, when we say our mission is love only, and I point up there because that's where it always shows up, even though it's not up there now, love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. When we know who we are, when we we remember who we are, what have we to fear? What I have found is deepening into that practice, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. I can get very easily lost in that stuff out there. But, the lyric continues, we were moving mountains long before we knew we could. And you know what that says to me? Everything that I've learned to fear was taught. It was learned. When I was a child, with abandon, I would live life. I was moving mountains before I knew I could. Before I was convinced that I couldn't, I was moving mountains. Think about that. How many of you resonate with this idea that perhaps learning what we thought we needed to learn may have been a disservice? Again, rhetorical question, no hands. I don't want to see any hands. Something to consider. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the foundational philosophers, writers, lecturers in New Thought uh, was a man named Thomas Troward. And he comes, so Thomas Troward comes along a little bit after the development of unity. So in unity, he doesn't get talked about very much, but he is one of my favorites. I love Thomas Troward. Just love love Thomas Troward. And I love to teach Thomas Troward. And so someday, maybe next summer, I'll teach Thomas Troward. No, actually, next summer I'm doing Emerson. I already decided that. <clears throat> Troward said something like this. Actually, he did say it. It's a quote. Sorry. <laughs> Spirit, that's God. Spirit, the infinite energy and creative, the infinite creative energy of the universe. Spirit creates by self-contemplation. So everything that exists, all form, all matter, all time, all experience, all circumstance, everything that exists in the physical world is flowing forth because of the self-contemplation of the infinite power and energy that we call spirit or God or universal wholeness, whatever words we choose to apply to it. Spirit creates by self-contemplation. Therefore, what it contemplates itself What it contemplates itself as being, that it becomes. So spirit consciously thought, I will be a piano. I will be a speaker. I will be a candle that went out again. (laughs) But we are the light of peace in our hearts. It doesn't matter if the candle's lit or not. So what it contemplates as being that it becomes. Now, here's the next part of that. You, me, all of us, we are individualized spirit. We are the individualization of the infinite power and presence that we call God. You are individualized spirit. Therefore, what you contemplate yourself as being, that you become. So what are you contemplating yourself into being? There you go. And, and why not? Why 
You know, I am here to normalize our understanding of our self-magnificence. That's why every single time you will hear me on a Sunday say, you are magnificent. I am magnificent. We are magnificent. Because how can we be anything but if we know who we are? When we remember that we are the infinite power and presence, that we are the love, the light, the love, the power, the life, the beauty, the joy, the wisdom, and the harmony of this infinite divine power, how can we understand anything other than we are magnificent. We are magnificent. So what are you contemplating yourself into being? Because I'll tell you, I see a lot of people contemplating themselves into being less than. I see it all over the place. And I'm not going to fault them for it. You don't know until you know, right? You don't know until you know. I didn't know until I knew. And the adoption of this philosophy in my life and the engagement of consistent spiritual practice in my life has made my life better because I have put energy into contemplating what I want to become. And it doesn't need to be exhausting. It doesn't need to be hard work, although it will be work until it's not. I'm not going to you, William, today. It will be work until it's not, because here's part of that self-contemplation. As we contemplate consistently, we create new habits of thought, and those habits of thought become the consistent self-contemplation that is showing up as the construct of our lives, and so we don't need to work so darn hard at it anymore. In Wednesday's class, and I, I want to honor with deep appreciation, uh, Susan Smith, our licensed unity teacher. Is Susan here today? I haven't seen Susan. Um, she is teaching the Metaphysics One curriculum that is provided by Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute. And the students in that class are engaged with it with, in, in, in a really magnificent way. And she is teaching, I think, some of the hardest concepts that we have to offer, and she's putting them in clear and concise uh, terms and inviting the questions so that the students can get clear. Well, she did this thing on Wednesday night that uh, really opened me up, because I sit in on the class, and it opened me up, and I thought, oh, this is a great way of understanding. So she goes to the board in the class, and she writes, I have to do it this way, she writes on one side of the board, absolute, absolute. And then on the other side of the board, she wrote relative, because we're going to do some comparing and contrasting, that there is the absolute and there is the relative. The absolute is the infinite power and presence that we call God, okay? So you're, you're getting a little lesson here. The absolute is that. The relative is the construction of that essence in form related to time and space, okay? So... Under the absolute side, she invited the class to offer some adjectives and some descriptors of what the absolute is. And some of the things they came up with is the absolute is permanent. It is principle. It is oneness. It is unchanging. It is infinite. Does that sound about right? Yeah. The relative is temporary. Temporal, related to time. So it can be here now, and it may not be here five minutes from now. So the relative is temporary. The, rel the relative is rooted in what we consider to be facts. Now people will say, but aren't facts absolute? No. It was a fact that the earth was flat until it wasn't. <laughs> Think about it. So facts, 
The, the relative is, is rooted in constructs of ideas of separation and duality or polarity or multiplicity. Separation, right? Uh, it is changeable. The relative is evolving. The relative is expressing in finite ways rather than infinite ways. And so we have this dichotomy because here's the thing. It's all God. It's all God. Because there can be nothing separate from the infinite, even if the infinite is expressing itself in finite ways. You still with me? Okay, because it's for some of these people, right? I get it. I get it. I get it. Finite, infinite. And then I said, oh, but you know what we need to do? I invited us to do this in class. I said, write the word identity right down the middle between the absolute and the relative because our identity is the direction we decide to look in. We can construct our lives and the expression and experience of our lives by either relating ourselves to the absolute and letting that define our identity or defining our identity by looking at the relative. A lot of people are really weighted on looking at the relative to think that that has power in their lives to think that discord and disharmony and challenge, which are all aspects of the relative, have power in their lives. And what we invite everyone in this movement to do is to begin to say, while I recognize that, I'm not going to deny that those are experiences, those experiences do not have power because the power resides in, a in defining my identity with the absolute to know who I am, to remember who I am. In remembering who you are, how can you do anything other than live a life of love and joy and harmony? Thomas Troward said that the only purpose in life is joy. How's that working for us? There are times in my life when I do not feel a sense of joy. So I'm going to let you all off the hook. If there are times in your life you don't feel a sense of joy, it's okay. Because here's the thing. Usually that's related to me looking at the relative and aligning and defining myself based on the relative. And how I move back to joy is to turn around and look at the absolute. Now many of us, are in a balancing act all the time of sometimes I look over here and sometimes I look over here and sometimes I look over here and sometimes I look over here. But here's the thing that we can do. Through practice, we can find ourselves looking this direction towards the absolute more frequently. Contemplating ourselves as that and allowing that to then become what we are and how we express. Because that which we contemplate, whether it be the absolute or the relative, becomes the thing we are. So what will you choose today? There are miracles when you believe. Going back to the song, lyrics of the song, there are miracles when you believe. Who knows what miracles you can achieve when you believe? The belief is saying, I refute any sense of power in the relative, and I turn myself to the absolute, for this is how I choose to believe. You get to decide that, by the way. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. 
But what works for me, what I have found in this teaching is that as I place my focus on that, I experience what many people might call miracles. But when you understand miracles as simply the outflow of self-contemplation, then there is nothing miraculous about them. They become ordinary. So, who knows what miracles you can achieve. When you believe, somehow you will understand that when you believe. This is all activated by this month's power of willingness, which has been the focus. The power of willingness has been the focus this month. Your word, your word is the most powerful force in your life. Your word. Now, word, and I'm going to invite us not to take that that statement to, to, uh, for granted, that your word is the most powerful force in your life. Because your word is the agency. It is the agency by which spirit, the absolute God essence that is you, is revealed in your expression. The agency, that action to produce an effect, that's what your word is. What you do what you say, what you think, what you believe, what you feel. All about yourself and your relationship to others. This becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in your experience. What you do, what you say, what you think, what you believe, and what you feel about yourself and about your relationship to others is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what will you bring into being more love, more wisdom, more heart, more light. There's nothing keeping you from that except perhaps a belief that you are kept from it. You are the infinite power and presence. You are magnificence expressing and evolving and flowing forth in creation all the time, no matter what, ceaselessly whether you know it or not. A lot of people walk through life not knowing that. But as you come to know it, activate it. And the guidance that exists in understanding this, what it is you're creating, is rooted in feeling. It's rooted in feeling. And your feeling is exponentially affecting the way your life unfolds. So I'm going to invite us all to own today, to take ownership. And when I say ownership, I don't mean blame. I mean having the capacity and the ability to respond to what it is we create in the relative. Own what you create in the relative. Own it. And know that you are empowered to change it if you would like to change it. That there is nothing standing in the way of you changing your expression and experience of life except perhaps you standing in the way of your own desire to change your expression of life. When we fall off, we call that self-inflicted nonsense or sin. It's missing the mark. And that's okay. It happens. Because here's the thing. Once you recognize it, own it, and know that you can change it. Now, you can't change the past, but you can create from this point moving forward. You can create magnificence in every aspect of your being from this point moving forward. Directing the focus 
to identify with the absolute. That's why I had to put absolute over here because I knew I would remember that the absolute was on stage left. <laughs> Directing the focus to identify with the absolute, allowing loving kindness to be the point of view, expands the possibilities. Fear and limitation and upset and discord limits the possibilities. Which direction will you look today? Simple? It's a simple concept. I'm going to either look over here or I'm going to look over here. Where am I going to, what am I going to decide to do today? Not always easy. Because I'll tell you what, that has such a pull, doesn't it? That has a real strong pull. Oh, we want to get wrapped up in all the stuff. When you feel yourself pulled in that direction, take a step back, take a breath, and say, I see you. I recognize. Hi, Linda. I see you. You're not, I, by the way, this is not meant to be any kind of metaphor about our musical team. <laughs> the dangers of putting things in places. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing that exists that cannot be changed by you. Are you willing to change it? Are you willing to say, I realize the gravity of the stuff that pull and say, I do not need to experience that. I am turning myself around. It's like the song, turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit long. Turn around. That's where the light is. That's where the shadow is. And you're the one casting it. Are you looking towards the shadow or looking towards the light? We are using our word constantly to create our life experience, whether in a healthy uh, way that is rooted in wholeness or in a way that is damaging and detrimental. You get to decide. You get to decide. What are you going to do? It's up to you. Direct your focus. Take the time. Allow yourself the opportunity and the energy to direct your focus. Let it be absolute and see the relative take shape based on the direction you are looking. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework this week, and if you are new to our community, I give homework every week. And the reason I give homework is because we do invite people to utilize the practice practically. It is a, practic it is a practical philosophy. And we're inviting people to actually practice the philosophy. So the homework this week, and some of you will have heard something like this before. And I look to William because this threw William on a, on a spin once when I gave a home, homework similar to this. The homework this week is to say yes to everything. I know Marvis is like, ah, oh, you're giving this homework assignment again. I'm changing it up a little bit. Say yes to everything, but realize when you are saying yes, if the feeling is off. Take some time to engage in awareness of how you are feeling. Remember I said feeling is the thing. That's the thing that changes. That's the thing that changes your experience. If the feeling is off, then change to a new yes. And if the feeling isn't off, if a feeling is on, then proceed. But utilize this practice to direct your focus. 
Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.